I first used a GPS about five years ago, and now I can't seem to drive outside of Windsor without it. The global positioning system, great technology that helps you navigate the streets and the highways and the back roads. And we were even lost in Tennessee once out in the backwoods, turned the GPS on and told us what uh, shack to turn right at in the hills of Tennessee. Just have to enter your destination and your GPS tells you where you are and what road you need to turn on and when you need to get into the left lane and veer right. And I love it. Miss a turn and the gentle, tender voice with an international accent comes on and says, uh, turn around at the next possible moment. Proceed to the motorway. Thank you very much. My wife, on the other hand, uh, likes to navigate the old-fashioned way. She likes maps. I'm talking paper maps, you know, the ones that you fold out on your lap. As I'm driving, she likes to navigate with the map. I think it's just because she loves to tell me where to go. (laughs) But there, there have been times when the GPS isn't right. I don't know why, but that nice international lady that comes on gave us the wrong directions, and we went the wrong way. New technology is not always the best in a situation like that. Sometimes, sometimes the old-fashioned approach is the best approach. The Bible, the Word of God, has been handed down to us from generation to generation for hundreds and hundreds of years. And one of the most reliable maps ever created for raising families appears in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the old, old, old Testament book of Deuteronomy. It's an old-fashioned approach to raising family, but it works. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, the passage that Loy read for us a moment ago, is known to Jewish families as the Shema. It begins with these words. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Hebrew word Shema means to listen or to hear. And so each day in Orthodox Jewish homes, the Shema is recited in the morning, as a, as a morning blessing, and in the evening, as an evening prayer. The Shema is also used at special occasions, like the blessing of a home, or at a wedding. And in our case, it's used at the occasion of child dedication. Did I mention that one of those babies was my granddaughter? I did, okay. Just making sure. <laughs> it shows us, the Shema shows us, how to build a legacy that's worth handing down from generation to generation to generation. There are several reasons why this old-fashioned approach still works. First of all, the Shema teaches the importance of loving God. Verse 5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. 
So this is the part that Jesus quoted one day when someone came to him trying to trick him, trying to trip him up and said, what is the most, uh, you know, the most important law in the law of God? What's the most important commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So he quoted from the Shema. With these words, Jesus basically summarized the meaning of life and faith. There's nothing more important in life than loving God. There's nothing more important about our faith than loving Jesus. Love God. Love God. He summarized all of the commandments in this one commandment. Love God and encourage your kids to love God too. I think families today can become distracted so easily. Uh, We have a tough time keeping the main thing the main thing. There's so many other things out there to to take our attention. and, And we lose focus. We're, we're, we're not able or we're not willing to keep the main thing the main thing. And then in 15 or 16 or, or 17 years, when our kids are resisting spiritual guidance, we wonder why. Well, because we lost our focus along the way. Encouraging our kids to love God and worship God and serve God is the cornerstone of good parenting. I mean, I'm all for piano lessons and good grades and hockey and swimming lessons. But listen, the priority of teaching our kids to love God is not even in the same universe as sports and education and music. It doesn't even compare. How dare we even put them in the same paragraph? Our kids need to, to learn how to love God, and they learn best when mom and dad model that. The Shema also teaches the importance of transmitting faith. Verse 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So he's talking to parents, grandparents. The word of God is supposed to be on our hearts as parents. And then you shall teach them diligently to your children. You can't teach what you don't have. You can't really teach with authority and, 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 and power what you don't believe. <laughs> so that's why I say, make sure that these command, make sure the word of God is deeply rooted and implanted on your own hearts, and then you can teach them diligently to your children. Then you can talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. This is, this is just a way of saying that, that we ought to take every opportunity throughout the day. When we rise up, when we lie down, when we sit, when we, when we get up from the dinner table, we, we should be teaching our children and transmitting our faith about a faithful God to our kids. Teach the Word of God diligently to your children, it says in verse 7. And that's the responsibility of parents. Oh, the church community can help, of course, we, we, we have Sunday school classes or kids gathering. We have youth group where we teach the Word of God. Yes, they, they play an important role, but, but parents must take ownership in transmitting faith to their children. No one else can do that like a parent. When our kids were much smaller, we used a, a paperback devotional 
Bible story book uh, at the dinner table. And I can still see the cover. Uh, it was a, it's a great book. And we used it diligently with our kids, full of Bible stories. And every, every story had questions and answers, or questions at the end for discussion. Uh, Nathan and Kristen, of course, used to fight about who got to read. Uh, Kristen even fought long before she could read. She wanted to read the story. Uh, but nevertheless, right after supper, one of the kids would read the story, and then we'd just talk about it. We'd, we'd use the questions for discussion. Sometimes we'd launch into a longer conversation about things. At other times, it was, it was brief. It was five or, or ten minutes at most. But it was, we were just trying to be consistent in transmitting our faith to our kids. Bedtime was another great opportunity. We always tried to put our kids to bed when they were young and, and spend a few moments with them, praying with them, and just encouraging them to trust God for the next day, whatever was, was happening the next day. We need to talk to our kids and we need to talk to our grandkids when they sit at home and when they walk along the way, when they go to bed and when they rise up. These are the important family moments and great opportunities to transmit our faith to our kids. It's important because these young minds are constantly recording information. Constantly recording information. And I want to make sure that the right information gets onto that tape my kids and my grandkids, and I'm sure you're committed to that too. Transmitting our faith. The Shema talks about the importance of loving God. It talks about the importance of transmitting our faith, and it also talks about the importance of constant reminders. Verse 8 in Deuteronomy chapter 6, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. How is the love of God preserved? And how is the love of God propagated from one generation to the next? I think part of the answer is constant reminders. Constant reminders along the way. And you know, in the Old Testament, when they were, for example, when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and they're crossing over the Red Sea and a number of other uh, excursions along the way, they would build pillars, they would build towers, they would build piles of rock as a remembrance so that there would be a constant reminder in the land of what God had done for His people. So they need constant reminders you know, one of the things that we say in, in pastoral leadership about the church in general is that vision leaks. It's just kind of a leadership axiom. It, it work, it's the same in business, too. Leadership leaks. You can, you can present a great, uh, motivating vision for whatever, for your business, for reaching the lost, and about 45 days later, you've got to repeat the same vision because it leaks out. People forget. So there, needs to be const there need to be constant reminders of the most important things in your life and in your business. You have to keep reminding your employees of what's important. What's the vision for our company? Keep it in front of them. We need to do the same in our homes. What's most important to our family? Let's, re let's review. Let's rehearse it. <laughs> Let me remind you again and again and again and again and again. We, we, so so we, we, we propagate the faith. We preserve the love of God with constant reminders, with intentional action. Parents need to rehearse the truth over and over and over again. 
And the Hebrews took this part of the Shema really quite literally uh, to mean that they should tie phylacteries, little wooden boxes uh, with verses of Scripture inside to their, to their foreheads and to their left arm. Now, you can't see this very well, so I've drawn some little red circles around it so you can actually see it. It doesn't show up all that well, but now it does. You can see the phylacteries. They, they, and they would put Scripture verses in there on their forehead, between the eyes, and on their left arms. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Why? Because we need to take uh, God with us <laughs> in whatever we do, whatever we set our hands to do. God needs to be with us. He needs, it's a constant reminder, in other words. So whether you're a welder or a teacher or a retiree or a police officer or a business person, God needs to be in that. We need to take the Word of God with us into those, into those environments. Bind them on your foreheads. It was just, a, it was just a, a practical way. It was a reminder that, that they needed to think about God all day long. We need the Word of God to permeate our thinking. So that when we're sitting in a boardroom or we're sitting in a council meeting, we have the Word of God at our disposal to help us make decisions that are righteous and just and true and good. Does that make sense? And so they took it quite literally to tie these little boxes on their foreheads and on their arms. For, to, for us today, it, it simply means that we need to take Jesus with us. We need to take his word with us wherever we go and bring his word to bear on everything that happens. Constant reminders. Kristen's going to come now and tell you about a constant reminder that she remembers uh, from her childhood growing up. Be nice, dear. <laughs> I was going to say before I, before I share that... Um, a constant reminder sometimes as parents, I think you probably feel like maybe you're being annoying to your kids, and you probably are, um, <laughs> but they remember, and that's what I'm about to share right now. Um, when my brother and sister and I were in public school, my dad was often at home in the morning to see us off before we left, and just about every morning as we were leaving, or getting into the car, or out of the car, or onto the bus, he would say, okay guys, go mad, go mad today, don't forget to go mad, and he would say it over and over and over again. For many of you, you have no idea what that means. Um, in our home, it meant go make a difference. Go make a difference. And so that was something that uh, we, was a constant reminder, very constant to us. Um, but it's, it's something that just reminds us we we're children of God and that God had something special in store for us and that he wanted us to use um, his, he wanted to use us, sorry, for his glory that day. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. And so... She's still going mad, still making a difference. Thank you, sweetie. Constant reminders. Constant. And, and you're probably right. Kids get tired of it. They get tired of the reminders. But they need it. And so do we. If we need it, how much more do they? The Hebrews would also place a, a special case called a mezuzah on the doorposts of their homes. It, it served as a declaration that this house and everyone in it is a servant of the Most High God. They're just little cases. Some of them were wooden. Uh, this one happens to be metal. Um, newer ones are titanium and silver and all kinds of uh, great things. But w w what do you think it, it is that they put inside of the mezuzah? What, what did they put inside of that? The Shema. The Shema. Exactly. They would, they would take that portion of Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, 
and they would roll it up and they'd place it inside the mezuzah. And it was a declaration. It was a constant reminder every time they went out of the house and every time they came into the house that the people who live in this home will love the Lord their God with all their heart and all their strength and all their might to the glory of God. Constant reminders. Maybe we should order a couple cases and give them out here at the gathering. (laughs) In his book, Revolutionary Parenting, George Barna writes this about this new parenting style he calls revolutionary parenting. Revolutionary parenting, which is based on one's faith in God, makes parenting a life priority. doesn't end once they've folded and moved off to university. It's a life priority. Those who engage in revolutionary parenting define success as intentionally facilitating faith-based transformation in the lives of their kids. Parents, are you, are you committed to that? Are you, are you committed to faith-based transformation in the life of your kids? Say, oh, pastor, I wish. We've missed the boat on that one. It's never too late. It's never too late. Grandparents, you also need to be committed to this idea of revolutionary grandparenting so that every time they are in your orbit, you are taking advantage of the rising up and the lying down and eating of the snacks and as they eat you out of house and home, bring those constant reminders of the love of God into their lives. Constant reminders. The lesson of the Shema calls us to reject every perspective on parenting that is not aimed at faith-based transformation. It's the one thing that we can give our kids that the world will never give them. Parents need to lead the way. So we look back at Deuteronomy chapter 6 again, and it says, uh, with some slight changes, Moms and dads, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words shall be on your hearts, moms and dads. Moms and dads, these words shall be on your hearts first. And then, as the Word of God grips you and changes you and transforms you from the inside out, then... You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and when you take them to the park and the wagon and when you do all of those things that you do. Teach them diligently. And when they notice the red cardinal sitting on the fence, tell them who made that cardinal. Take advantage of the opportunity. There are so many God-given opportunities in a single day. It will just amaze you. So don't pray for opportunities. Pray that God will open your eyes to the opportunities that are already there to teach them diligently. Yeah, it's an old-fashioned approach to parenting. But it works. And it has worked for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it shall work until the Lord comes again. So, Nathan and Sarah, Nate and Bobby Joe, you need to hear this. 
along with every other parent in the place, every grandparent here this morning needs to hear this. Spiritual transformation begins at home. And it begins with your relationship with Jesus. As mom and dad, as grandma and grandpa, you can't pass on what you don't have. The old-fashioned approach is mapped out for us in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I commend it to you because it works. In our church, we really want to foster confident, gospel-centered parenting. That's where the grace of Jesus is at the very center of everything we do as a family and everything we teach our children. The grace and truth of Jesus is evident. And that's a hard balance to achieve. Grace and truth. It's embodied in the person of Jesus who came, full of grace and truth. But it's, it's the thing that we strive for in our homes, that there be a balance of grace and truth as we lead our families for the glory of God. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, praying in the power of the Holy Spirit, I hope, asking for your grace and favor to be poured out on, 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 on every family represented here today. Lord, let us not be lazy or easily satisfied when it when it comes to building a legacy for the generation that follows us. Father, because Jesus loved you perfectly, and, 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 and because Jesus lives in our hearts by faith, we can now rest in his love for us, and we can, we can share his love with those in our homes and in our families. And we know that there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we don't have to feel all guilty and forlorn about the mistakes that we've made in the past. We just need to, we just need to get up and step up and, and, and start to do it now. It's never too late. And that's grace. Father, I pray that you would help every one of our parents and grandparents to teach the Word of God diligently to their families build a lasting legacy of faith-based transformation. And we pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.